0: Send for the women, the women who will pray, the women who have talents, gifts, and resources to do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women, the women who will mourn, the women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins, the women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up. Everyone around them. Calling out. The devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women. Will be God's warning shout to his people. His alarm system. His tornado signal. His air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn His people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people. By waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who will teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be. What they can do. What they can say. What they can pray. What they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. what is God doing in our chaos? You know, Charles Dickens wrote in The Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom and foolishness, as we all know, it was the 1700s. But see, what is God doing now in the chaos we find ourselves in? That's what we're going to discuss in today's episode But first, let me send you an invite, and if you seem to find yourself struggling to get that Bible study in, in your day-to-day hustle, jump on over to Linktree forward slash The Busy Believer, and there you could follow us on all of the different types of social medias, and go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, and you won't miss an episode. So now, let's get back to What is God Doing in Our Chaos? well hello everybody welcome to the show so what is God doing in the chaos I think one of the most difficult things that a human being encounters is actually the notion of faith and belief because of our human nature and the physiology of the human creation we are created with our senses right we are naturally inclined to hear, smell, taste, touch, and see, are five senses. And so it seems like the more that I mature in my walk with the Lord, I have been noticing that the natural senses are almost always subject to the spiritual. So what I mean is that the spiritual life seems to be in contrast with the natural life, just like as what it says in Galatians 5. It's starting to make so much more sense, really, that faith is the evidence of things not seen, and that a spirituality-driven life is a life of constant faith and belief. Because we are so uniquely crafted as human beings, we don't naturally trust someone we can't see, especially where then there's pain and uncertainty involved in our own personal chaos. When we found ourselves engulfed and buried inside one of life's many storms, it becomes a lot easier to self-protect, to avoid the suffering. You know, our daily pursuit has been that of relentlessly asking the Lord for the grace just to trust Him. No matter what our daily chaos looks like, to my human eyes, to my ears, Because we are human, we don't see or know what he does. We don't see the intricate crafting of our story the way he does, because we only see right in front of our noses. I'm discovering that actually it's like being surprised, and that the Holy Spirit loves to surprise us all the time. I mean, in time. We can just stand and not look to the right or left as our faith grows, right? And we'll see how his hand has been spinning us on the wheel like clay in the potter's hands. So have you ever heard this song called Eye of the Storm? And I know it's by Ryan. I I cannot remember his last name. But in one of his lyrics, it says, my only hope is to trust you. And this has to be actually our heart's cry for all of us. It's like no matter what we face in our personal lives in the chaos, we have to pray that we would be awakened to the knowledge and truth of the goodness of God in all the situations. See, we all know that our Christian life is all about faith. I mean, we walk by faith, not by sight. And just as like Hebrews 11 says, see, faith is being sure of what we hope for. And knowing something is real, even if we do not see it. I actually love this verse because it always brings me comfort when I'm in the midst of my chaos and I'm finding it difficult to hold on. See, when God has called us to do something, we got to believe and act on it. See, I believe that God delights in those who will follow his call that he's placed in our hearts and risk the comfort of everyday life for the kingdom's sake. I mean, it's it's actually living that my life for God. Are we actually willing to put action into the words that we speak every day? See, the easiest thing for us to do is doubt. And as an emotionally driven people, we often find ourselves in peaks and valleys, in those chaos moments, caught between hope and despair, or caught between anger and conviction. And it seems as if the journey of life is is a constant roller coaster of highs and lows. It seems, though, that even when we want to move forward with confidence, our flesh gets in the way and it continues continuously. It wants us to resort to the comfort of what we can see, feel, and physically grasp. Even in the chaos today of what's going on, it's what do you see or is it fake? See, this can be extremely frustrating. Because we want to see results and the fruits of our labor. So, if you're in a season right now where you feel like nothing exciting is happening for you, or if you're feeling alone, hopeless, or discouraged, I've been there, and I know the feeling. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a future." and a hope and it's when we are feeling discouraged and having a hard time in the chaos just knowing that God is closer to you than you know is comforting enough see he uses the season right now chaos to stretch to bend purify and refine us into a warrior for the kingdom kind of like grapes that get crushed and pressed and eventually turn into that beautiful wine. So our character and faith after the Lord, it actually puts us through his refining process. This can require some crushing and pressuring and filtering out all the junk in our lives. And sometimes we have to sit for a while to mature. You know, when the seasons change and God actually has us sit Not walk, but just to rest in Him. And then in due season, it'll be our time to be released. So let's take a look, if you have your Bibles, or you're just listening, because I know you're in a hustle. In Psalms 77, and it starts off in verse 10. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And it actually says, and I said, This is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Who are the God? Who does wonders? You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have, with your arm, redeemed your people. And that's from verse 10 all the way to verse 15. And sometimes, in the chaos, when it just seems like nothing is going right, even in that time, we have to go back and remember. The things that the Lord has done for us. We'll remember the years of the Lord's right hand. Remember when he did this. Or remember when he did that. See, it's actually going back to that memory bank and going, Oh man, the joy when I found out that the Lord did this or he healed this person or he answered that prayer. Then in the middle of the chaos, There's a peace and there's a quietness that passes all of our understanding. See, God says that he will give us peace, that we cannot even comprehend why we have peace in the middle of the storm. So I want to jump over to Isaiah real quick, Isaiah 43. And this is like my favorite passage when I start to get frustrated or I'm stressed out, worried, angry in the midst of of the chaos. I often go to this scripture and it's Isaiah 43 1 and I'm going to bounce around throughout scripture because of all the different verses in here are just so powerful that I've only highlighted these things because they encourage us so much. And the first Part of this is like my favorite part. And it says, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And then get this. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then jump down to verse four, and at the very bottom, he says, You have been honored, and I have loved you. Fear not, for I am with you. Verse seven. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. I have declared and saved and I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? Verse 15, it goes on to say, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Now check this out. In verse 18, he goes on to say, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, to give drink to my people, my chosen one. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. And so I'm going to stop right there. And I was just bouncing around throughout chapter 43 of Isaiah. And it is one of my favorite ones because it actually, during the midst of chaos, when I'm going, Lord, where are you? I need help. Or, oh my gosh, why is this happening? Or I'm stressed, angry. What is God doing in my chaos? I go to here and I go, Lord, you said that you will walk with me. You said that the flames won't touch me. You said I'm created for your purpose, to praise you and to honor you. And even when we look back at all of the Bible heroes from long ago, they praised the Lord throughout their chaos, throughout their battles, throughout their weaknesses. And we know we see the proof that God delivered each and every single one. So, do we not know that God will deliver us from the exact same thing? Of course, He will. He who promised is faithful. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a quick break and tell you about my page, Patreon. If you haven't heard of them, it is a membership platform that provides business tools for content creators to run a subscription service. It helps creators and artists like myself earn a monthly income by providing rewards and perks to you as the subscriber. And hey, I want to give you a shout out on our shows. And even if you have a website, we can go ahead and give a shout out amongst our listeners for you. You can also be in the know to all of my pre-orders on my future book releases at discounted prices. So please consider supporting me with a cup of coffee at www.patreon.com forward slash Monica Hansen. And I'll be sure to put the link below in the description. Thanks again. You know, and oftentimes, you know, life, life is hard. We get distracted, tired, and weary. And Sometimes it can feel like God is so far away and silent. I mean, have you ever felt like that? It's like, why Lord do you stand far off? Why does it feel like I'm praying to that brick wall? Why do you pay no attention during this times of chaos in my life? You know, and, and, Sometimes it can feel like God is so far away and silent. I've been there many a times. Does he even care? Why does he allow me to go through this this suffering, this chaotic time in my life? Can't he do something about this? We've all struggled with these questions at one time or another. Maybe that it's that you are in the middle of struggling with them right now. But... It is a great comfort to see the words of Psalms ten one included in the Bible. And it actually says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? We can find hope in knowing that we're not alone. Even David felt like that. You aren't the only one asking these questions and wondering about these things. There are times and situations that actually leave us astounded as to why God isn't doing anything to heal, fix, or redeem the chaos in our life. But we know God's character. And it, just, it doesn't seem to be consistent with what we're seeing happening in the world around us. How can he stay silent in this time? You know, what is God doing in the chaos? But at such times, we always know that God is always moving, always working, and never, ever far away. In Exodus, I have in 34 6, God describes himself as the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. He's slow to anger and abounding in loyal love and faithfulness we got to remember this and we got to got to remember his character all the things we know to be true and all those things he has done all the great and mighty things and the things that he is just like oh my gosh lord if you just rescue me from this i know that you are right there with me i mean those crazy prayers that we have prayed save me from this one Lord. You know, and it's not just in our own lives, but also in the lives of others throughout history. And even the lives of of those recorded in the Bible, you know, the heroes of the Bible. Reading God's word and taking time each day to study it in depth. is not just a good habit of a Christian. It's a powerful habit of a warrior. Warriors like you who live in a broken world, but trust a good and mighty God. There are times that we can actually see the evil things that are going on, and it just seems like they go unnoticed. Like, where is the judgment, right? We're like, where is God going to take out the wickedness that is going on in the world? Well, David, David actually expressed those things and he he said the exact same things. He felt the exact same things and he did it in Psalms thirteen five. But he also came back and he said, but I trust in your faithfulness. David actually cried out to the Lord for everything. If we've noticed, he would go in there and he would say, Why do the wicked continue to go unpunished? When are you going to save me from my enemies? David expresses again and again his impatience with seeing evil deeds go just seemingly unnoticed. And he actually goes to God and he asks God to do something about it. And if we're honest, we all know that we feel this way. And we are impatient to see God move, heal, and protect, and save, and even to bring down his judgment on the wicked. Sometimes we're left confused and discouraged when he doesn't do it in our timing or in our way, and we often feel forgotten, cheated, misguided, that we're just like abandoned. But this is when we need to keep remembering what is true. This is where we get to, to lean on the knowledge and faith we have gained from obediently turning to God's word every day and storing it away for moments like these where we can sit back and recall all of the things that God has done in our lives and go, yes, he answered me there. Yes, he rescued me from that. He saved me from this. Oh, but I know this story. But see, this is where we come to play an important part in in sustaining and even growing our faith. But as we trust God with the things that we can't control, and believe He is who He says He is, even when life doesn't make sense, our faith is strengthened. You know, the there's a scripture Hebrews thirteen eight. The Lord is the same yesterday. Today and forever. So he will answer. He will come to us in the chaos. And we've got to give him thanks for his deliverance through the the Lord. Because God created the world and humankind. But sin has separated us from him. And we know that. So I want to wrap this up. With reading a story that I found online this past week. And it just really hit me. And it's one of those things I was like, wow, this really goes with the topic that we are discussing this week. And so I'm just going to read it. And he entitles this, Trusting God When You Are Grieving. Our baby girl, Brittany. Was born with Down syndrome. To provide for my family, I was on the road a lot doing stand up comedy while my wife, Bridget, worked and cared for Brittany. That's when I heard that Brittany was sick with leukemia. Thank God we had family to provide support and especially surround Bridget. Sometimes you feel God's presence through the love of family members. Well, Brittany went into remission, and we moved from Chicago to L.A., but Brittany's cancer returned. During all this, I shared very little about my personal life outside of my family. I had to block out the real world in order to still go on stage and make people laugh. As my sweet daughter declined, I had less and less laughter to share. I felt angry at myself, at life. I did not rail at God, but I was confused. One morning, I leaned down and gave Brittany a kiss, and she looked up at me with her sweet eyes. I left the hospital briefly, and when I returned, Brittany was in Bridget's arms. She had passed. I was hurting, but I didn't want my child to be in pain anymore. She was at peace. I didn't know how to grieve. To process my immense pain. To be a father who no longer had a child. And to be there fully for my wife. We were in cocoons, cut off from each other and our own feelings. Well, about ten years later, I began emerging from my cocoon. Grieving doesn't have a time limit or expiration date. I don't know why the fog lifted right then, but... It was just in time. It was during this time that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. These experiences helped me become stronger in my faith. I understood that tomorrow is not promised. So you must love and enjoy everyone you're with today. I now realize that I've always been watched over by God. I can see that my path has always been guided. Knowing that doesn't stop the hurt. It's okay to have whatever emotions you have, I tell people. Hey, if you want to cry, if you want to get mad, if you want to shout out, God's shoulders are big enough. It's okay. He still has you. I became a stronger believer because the Bible became real to me through the stories of people facing challenges with God's help. I will see Brittany again. I'm here now, but not forever. That helps. As I've learned to talk about Brittany's life and death, about my struggles with MS and other challenges, God has met me there and walked with me through it. Brittany's disposition as a baby was one of pure delight. She loved to laugh, loved to giggle. I loved being around her. I was so enmeshed with her that I couldn't distinguish where she ended, and I began. We were completely synchronized. I was in a fetal position emotionally for at least nine years. As I emerged from the darkness of my grief, I chose to go to graduate school and start a new career. Along with reading the word, I found strength in helping others process their grief. I was proud of those who finally opened up and began to tell their story, and I was patient with those who were were ready to talk about their MS. So even in the storms, this gentleman was able to come out, healed, help others, and start a new career. And it was just amazing to read the story, how God just used him and that he was able just to process all of this. I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, what a chaos. And yet he came out of it. And I just want to end it with Joshua 1, 9. And it says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever you go. And with that, have a blessed day, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, The Busy Believer. And if you like the episode or think it will be useful for someone else, hey, please give us a review over at podchaser.com forward slash Busy Believer. And if you have any questions, you can jump on over to Truth Social and follow me at The Busy Believer. And remember, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day.